Morning, everybody. Uh, we'll see here in a pile of dogs, all three of them this morning. Nice. You don't need to have the heating on, though, do you? Um, oh, there's one. I'm going to be shake. So, um, first thing I want to say is <laughs> to my stalkers, you are unbelievably obvious. As soon as I stop doing videos and podcast recordings about my stalkers, as in never naming names, uh, no defining characteristics, perfectly legal exposés of my stalkers and the pathologies of, of them and why they do what they do and have been doing what they do for eight and a half and six and a half years respectively, my viewings go down. So, like, I'm not stupid. Right? I know fine well that you're sitting and watching YouTube videos over and over and over and getting your flying monkeys to watch them over and over. And it's the same with the podcasts. Because there's no rhyme or reason other than what I've just said that my uh, my viewings and my um, my listeners deviate to such a significant extent as I change my topics. And isn't it strange how you've gone very quiet on Cora? Hmm? Stalker one, you've gone quiet. And then on Twitter, Stalker 2's gone quiet after five days of complete and utter ranting hell from you both. I do a YouTube video saying I know who you are. It's finally clicked. And I was a wee bit shocked at one of you in particular because you just don't seem the type to be so aggressive and rude and confronting and uh, abusive. Not when I've seen you in action before. You're the opposite. Gotcha. So just carry on giving me a wee bit of peace and quiet. Be a nice wee change. Happy days. Um, right, so this podcast is about the way you're going to feel um, in the aftermath of a narcissistically abusive relationship and getting out. And I'm not, I'm going to try not to talk about no contact and I'm going to, well, hmm, I don't know, I probably will a wee bit, but I'm going to try not to talk about how the things to do to get better after a narcissistically abusive relationship, because I think I do a lot of that already with the no contact ones and obviously with No Contact, No Narc, which is the book that's coming out and things like that. Um, it's more about validating people that basically are ill when they are out of the um, <laughs> the line, the witch in the wardrobe that is a, a narcissistically abusive relationship. Um, there's some te terminology, some very classic signs and symptoms um, because I get asked quite a lot is is it normal for me to feel this this and this is it normal for me to do this this and this and I think what we've got to remember as first and foremost point is that you're not normal right if you've been in a narcissistically abusive relationship okay it's not our normal breakup you don't have normal anger and grief um you're not in a normal situation of recovery um, and you probably will never be your version of normal ever again. I think let's just get that one out of the way, okay? Uh, I'm actually doing a series on my YouTube channel at the moment. There's two on there so far. I don't know if I'll get a third one on there today because I'm busy today, but um, about um, each video has one particular feeling and or behavior that uh, uh, soon-to-be abuse victims will manifest in the early stages of a narcissist's company. Um, so the, the one the other day was confusion, big, big sign. And then the next one was yesterday, which is, I've forgotten already. Oh, being super apologetic and fawning. 
Um, so that series is about how to see, how to spot your own behaviours and, and go, you know, because I'm a huge advocate for getting out before it becomes you become fully trauma bonded and you become a full abuse victim because the chances of you getting out anytime soon, once you're fully trauma bonded and you're well into the devaluation phase are tiny and you can just end up absolutely F-U-C-K-E-D like me and millions of other men and women like me. And I don't want that. That's why I'm the narcissist hunter. Um, so to try and reach out to those people that have just met someone and they're just seeing somebody and they're going, I feel confused all the time or um, I find I'm always apologising. I've never been like this before. That's me coming in hard and fast on trying to protect people who who are asking these questions and they can get out pretty quick. So this podcast is all about um, how you're going to feel at the end of it. And um, you must remember that narcissistic abuse is, is, is murder, right? Um, it's murdering your soul. It's murdering your self-esteem. It's murdering your hopes, your dreams, your fantasies, the... The future faking that the narcissist did with you, um, it murders your uh, moral compass, to be honest, in a lot of cases, because that's intrinsically tied to your belief system. And narcissists absolutely piss all over our belief system. And the people around the narcissist and the people who are supposed to help you just all pile on. And you just like, you can't breathe for the shock horror that not just one person is fucking you up. But multiple people, and a lot of those are paid to look after you and keep you safe. Um, and your belief system comes from childhood. You know, police are good people. Police help you. Um, baddies go to jail. Um, if you're a nice person, other people will be nice to you. If you're loyal to people, other people will be loyal to you. And your friends will always back you up. A basic belief system that we're taught by our parents, our caregivers, society, teachers. And then when you're in a relationship with somebody like a narcissist, that is destroyed. And without a belief system, who are you? Where are you going? Like, you've nothing to cling to. You know, there's no life raft in this storm. Um, so grief is a big one. Um, and you, you grieve, if you look at the stages of grief, um, they're very, very similar to recovering from narcissistic abuse. No one's dead yet, though. No one's died. Oh, and an interesting video that you might quite like is something called The Widow Fantasy on my YouTube channel. Many of us who have been in an extremely abusive relationship with narcissists, we have what's called the widow fantasy. Um, so if you are grieving and yet you wish your abuser was dead, and that is not a threat, that is, um, it's actually a psychological term uh, that psychologists use for people who um, are at that point of such shock and they feel so desperate and they are so broken, they have um, just fantasies or just thoughts or God, I wish he was dead. Oh God, I wish she was dead. I wish at least then I could grieve them dead rather than grieve them while I know they're having sex with my best friend or grieve them while I know that they're all over social media telling everyone I'm the bad guy. Grief, we we we, we have widow fantasies, but I mean, like go to the YouTube channel and watch that anyway. Um, so the stages of grief are really important if you want to compare them to uh, the process of recovering from narcissistic abuse. And I did a YouTube video on the seven stages of recovering from narcissistic abuse about a year to a year and a half ago. Um, grief is a big one. And it because, so you'll feel this intense sense of loss. And you'll feel like you're dying. I mean, I, I, I absolutely thought I'm actually on my way out here. And 
I wasn't. I didn't have cancer. I hadn't been in a car crash. Um, I felt myself slipping. I didn't know who I was because I started acting out in ways that my narcissist did. I almost mirrored um, a few of the key abuse behaviours that he did, um, narcissist number two, that he did. I started mirroring him. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Why have I just done that? Why am I doing this? Why am I going after this person to do this with this person when, like, this is massively immoral? Um, and, you know, I just, it was horrific. I was replicating the stuff he did. Obviously, I can unpack it and unpick it just now, but I'm not going to. But um, So you become a completely different person and you feel like you're slipping away. And the, because the narcissist has, has absolutely torn you to shreds and taken away from you what made your personality up, okay? Your hopefulness, your optimism, your quirkiness, your your intelligence, your sense of esteem, um, your your plans, right? You, you know, you had your two-year plan, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, and you thought the narcissist was going to help you do it or they were going to go with you or you made those plans together. When, when you don't have who you really are, plus the plans that were supposed to be circumnavigating that, what the fuck do you have? Like what? And to top it all off, you don't have the person who is most important to you in your life because narcissists ensure that you see them as the most important person over and above your family, over and above your kids, over and above your best friends, your your other, your colleagues, your career and you. So they, they put themselves up in this pedestal. They make sure that you, you're you nurturing them up there. And then they they climb down and walk off into the sunset. And you're left with this massive emptiness. And you've also probably destroyed your career, your friendships, your relationships. So you've got nobody there to fall back on, like to go and get pissed with and go clubbing with and just say, oh, he was an arsehole. Fuck it. You know, you, can't, you don't have that. The narcissist wanted every part of this. Every way you are feeling right now, this was the narcissist's goal because they've done it before. They've practiced on previous supplies. The person that they've now left you for or you have dumped them because they're cheating with, right? The new supply, old supply, whatever they are, the narcissist is going to do it to them if they haven't already done it, right? You are not unique. And that's really important to remember that because narcissists want us to feel uniquely fucked, right? Uniquely alone. Um, and to have had a uniquely abusive experience, okay? Because that isolation and that um, confusion, like, am I the only one? I'm the only one, is what keeps you in the grieving stage and it keeps you stuck with your cement boots on, right? Next, you're going to feel really you're going to come out the grief stage, right? Because obviously your body, your mind has to heal. And then you're going to get angry, right? And most of the time we get angry with ourselves, okay? And then we get angry with the abuser or abusers, okay? And we get angry with this, the person that was cheating with our abuser or the person who helped our abuser stalk us or whatever your abusers did to you, they've had help, okay? They like that. They love having, they love toxifying other people. Very rare that you're going to get a standalone one one narcissist attacking you in and out of the relationship. They're going to have a gang, okay? And they're or at least a one wingman, okay? And more often than not, it's a supply that they use. It's, um, so you're gonna you're gonna get angry, and ang the anger is a difficult one because 
that's when we get, we get potentially dangerous because we're grieving and we're angry. So to try and um, gather some some form of control back um, and some sort of power back, we'll often engage in antisocial behaviours because the only way to get answers, closure, control, um, and and to feel like we can move on, we harass and we annoy the people that we think have got the answers for us, whether that's the ex-narcissist or the ex-friend or the supply. There are people holding our closure and squeezing it and enjoying it. And they will then bait you. So if you find yourself engaging in antisocial behavior, just make sure you only do it for a very short period of time, okay, and don't get caught. (laughs) Um, Because it's very normal. What's abnormal is if you do it for a really, really long period of time. But again, that's not unusual either. I'm not wanting anybody here listening to this to feel like a freak or feel like a bad person. You are a good person that very, very bad things have happened to. Okay? Um, And if you actually forgive yourself and let the anger at least against you go, you're in a much better position to start re- refilling yourself and, and um, reviving yourself and doing all the good shit for yourself that you deserve. Because the only way to recover from narcissistic abuse is to really f- fill yourself back up with goodness and do good things and feel good and surround yourself with good people because you've got to, you've got to almost like drain the toxicity out of you. And you're not going to do that by hating on yourself. Okay, and you're only going to beat your head against a brick wall if you try and get answers and closures and apologies from people that have hurt you. Trust me, I should know, although it's taken me far, far, far too long to not only learn the lesson, but accept it. Um, So anger, grief, um, you're going to, some of the physical feelings that you, physical ailments you're going to have, you're going to feel sick all the time, right? Your body is producing chemicals because you're in fight or flight and you've been through a shocking traumatic experience. You So, and also all these chemicals whizzing around your body and you're probably not really eating enough or you're either an eater when you're stressed and upset and you just go for it or you don't eat enough and that's just going to bring on nausea. Um, along with the cortisol, which, by the way, gives you a big fat belly. So, by the way, we need to stay well away from cortisol. <laughs> um, adrenaline. Your body, it just goes into hyper-protection mode and it's just all the little kind of glands all start spurting all these mad chemicals out and that's just not good for your body at all, okay? And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not even going to try and explain all that. Um, so you will feel sick. You'll feel shaky um, and jittery. You'll have a major um, startle response. I still do. Like last night was bonfire night. And the fireworks to me sounded like somebody banging on my door. And I couldn't, I couldn't, once the thought was there, I couldn't shift it. The dogs were okay. It was me. It was going, oh, oh, oh. You know, loud car horns, um, people shouting, um, Deep, particularly deep men's voices, they're all still really badly affect me. This is these are signs of complex PTSD. Um, so your startle response is off on the go. You're going to be totally obsessed with your phone, addicted to your phone, social media, compulsive behaviors around social media, anything to distract you from the feelings and the shock and the horror and the thoughts. This is where your drinking is going to go through the roof. Maybe um, any other OCD behaviors that you have. Mine, I have um, 
bargaining. Some people call it betting, OCD, uh, which flares really badly when I'm going through stressful things or I've got a stressful thing coming. Um, you're going to... Some people go super promiscuous. I did. Some people just think, feel the idea of touching another human being with an intimacy as an agenda makes them want to kill themselves. Um, I was like that for four weeks and then I flipped and I went super promiscuous. I don't recommend it. Um, your behavior is disordered and you feel disordered and you feel really crap. It's not a normal breakup. And don't ever, ever let anyone tell you that you should move on. Move on, get over it, block, just block, just block him. Um, just go and get pissed. See people that are giving you advice after narcissistic abuse. The lucky ones, right? Let's say 70% of them. I've never been anywhere near a narcissist. They ain't got a fucking clue, right? They are not in any informed position at all to give you advice or guidance on how you should feel and cope and act right? Listen to other narcabuse victims, okay? Try and go for the ones that are out of, uh, try and go for the ones that are full no contact lifestyle. Um, they might not be fully healed. I'm not fully healed. I suspect I never will be because of a certain situation. Um, but I'm in a very good position to, 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 to relay and to talk about and explain what it feels like after domestic abuse, domestic violence, betrayal, trauma, cheating, triangulation, a lot. Um, and suddenly you're just drop, you're just hurling through space. Um, I am I am an imperfect victim, and I wear that badge with honour because truly perfect victims don't exist. If you've got someone that says all the right things, behaves all the right ways, and ticks all the boxes for a victim, it's highly likely they're more they're a narcissist. Because we, when we've been through narcissistic abuse, we don't just sit and cry. Do you know what I mean? We just don't. We do mad shit, and we think mad shit, and we feel mad, and that's. One of the biggest signs you'll ever know that you've not just been in a shit relationship with a shit bag, you've actually been with somebody with a dark tetrad personality disorder. Um, what else? Um, I think they're the main ones you're going to feel when you've just come out of a narcissistic abusive relationship. I suppose my advice is feel the feels, go through it, try your absolute hardest not to act too much on the feelings, right? Because... The feelings are so bad, they're going to make you engage in bad behavior. Um, I, I sound like a hypocrite saying that because I did engage in terrible behavior. Um, absolutely. But I think the best people to give advice on how not to behave is people that have behaved the way that you shouldn't. <laughs> like, learn from me, please. Um, and we're humble and we're honest and we're authentic. So you can trust our advice and our guidance. Um you must stay no contact. See, I'm I'm saying it because it's a bit like a heroin addict. A heroin addict is never going to be able to give up heroin while they're still using it. You know, the body can't heal while they're still using it. And the narcissist is your heroin, even if you're just watching their crap online. And it is crap, by the way. Um, and they will specifically not want you to heal and recover. They will do everything possible to keep you in those 24 hours after the relationship has ended, whether you've discarded or they've discarded you. Those first 24 hours are the worst. And a narcissist and his or her flying monkeys or whatever want you in that 24 hours because that's when you're at risk of self-harming and suicide and going back to the abuse and kicking a stink up so that then they can go, oh, we're victims of her. Um, and you trap yourself in stalking and harassment behaviours and then the police are called, all this sort of stuff. They want you fucked, right? 
So while you're watching them and you're engaging with them and you're not doing no contact, you're ticking all the boxes for them and you're doing everything they want you to do. So no contact is so important for you to get space and time to heal because there's, there's something called the mind fog with narcissistic abuse and it, it's very unique to narcissistic abuse. Um, it takes It can take weeks, months, years for your your mind fog to lift and for you to go, oh, I get that now. And oh, oh, now that makes sense. So you gradually give yourself closure. You're never going to get it from your abuser. Okay. Um, and a massive part of what holds us back in our recovery is a lack of closure. A lack of answers, a lack of apologies. And we're just not going to get those. Um. So don't worry about how you're feeling just now. The key is to feel it, acknowledge it, accept it, and, and try and move to the next stage because each time you're moving forward, you are recovering. Irrelevant of how uncomfortable it is and how ill you feel, it is still a pathway forward. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please find my YouTube channel, subscribe, it's free, and have a look at my books, Three Out and a Fourth on the Way.